everybody back to the grim feature so we had a little bit of a break because you know how sometimes life is just really awesome and everything really goes your way it <laughs> uh, wasn't how the last couple of weeks went but that's okay because 2022 is a new year maybe <laughs> question, question mark, mark. <laughs> um you know i mean uh, things are looking good right with the covid Oh yeah, numbers Just are way down, way creeping down. away like yeah. nothing. But, bad. but but way down. I mean, people who don't have COVID are way down. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> certainly no statistic like a sixth of our state's population has COVID right now. Right. So. Yay. You know, Arkansas has a less population than Missouri, uh-huh. so I gotta look up how many of their population does because if they're the same numbers we're at and they're, just say two-thirds our population they might be somewhere around like half yeah no, i'm curious no, you're curious this, but anyway I this is look, the thing that we should do right y- now yes right now i should, I should look this up feel like you're stalling <clears throat> no i'm not stalling at all i usually do your introductions i'm letting you do it yeah no you don't yeah i do i'm yeah. just standing here <laughs> anyway anyway well i'm michelle and i'm ron and we are coming back at you with um, another Ron story. So I'm not, not not a personal Ron story this no, time. No, no, no personal one. It's or is it? Dum, dum, dum. No, it's not this time. There are only so many supernatural experiences somebody can have in their life, right? <laughs> right. So. And I feel after the haunted house, a UFO abduction it would just be over the top. That's right. So, spoiler, this is about a UFO abduction. <laughs> it is indeed. So, uh, you want to <clears throat> take it away, Ron? Sure. So, uh, this story is about Betty and Barney Hill. Okay. Um, they were the first well-documented UFO abduction case. Abduction case. Mm-hmm. Um it was quite interesting um, as they were both very well-educated people and uh, they both basically had the same storyline and it's just it's just kind of neat so I'm gonna, I'm gonna start back it's September 19th 1961 mm, take me back all right but there's a song what is it oh what a night late September 1963 I don't know anyway yes I'm late, not as old as you are it's though. late September 1961 it's like an 80s song. It doesn't matter. I'm still not as old as you are. <laughs> All right. So, September 19th, 1961. Betty and Barney Hill were a interracial couple, which would have got to be, you know. No, um, no, back in the day. In, in the 60s, absolutely. And they were married. And um, they were married for like 14 months, something in that, that neighborhood. I didn't actually remember it or write it down. But 14 months feels right. Something I heard. So, fairly, fairly young in their, their marriage. Yep. Well, they had not had the opportunity to have a honeymoon, such as us, who didn't have a opportunity for a honeymoon as we got married, so they took a late honeymoon. Ah, yes. We did that as well. We didn't wait 14 months, though. No, we waited like six. Yeah. Felt like 14. It was ready to go. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Is that because of the mountains or because of me, though? It was because of you in that sweet cabin in the mountain retreat. It had nothing mm-hmm. to do with the mountains or the cabin. It sure. Was, it was you. Mm-hmm. In the cabin. Yeah. In the mountain. And that gondola ride that you love so much. gondola ride. I love me some heights. So that was my, the funniest thing. It's already on a tangent Mm -hmm. here. 
that you kept talking about how you were so excited about riding the gondola and having hot chocolate and it was going to be so romantic and then you like freaked out the whole time we were on the gondola because apparently Ron's afraid of heights. <laughs> I am. And apparently gondolas are well up in the air. Mm-hmm. I bet they're not that high when there's actual snow on the ground, but with no snow, they're pretty high. Doesn't matter. And that rinkety machine, I don't know how people do it every freaking winter. I would have to be like literally in one of those enclosed things, you know, the, the luxury gondolas. It wasn't even all that high is the thing. It was like a solid 50, 60 feet. Yeah. Yeah. That's less high. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. You know who else got went high is those people who got abducted by aliens, right? <laughs> right. Uh, it's a smooth transition. <laughs> anyway, so late September 1961, <laughs> uh, Mrs. Betty and Mr. Barney Hill took a spur of the moment, $70 in their pocket. That I remember, that literally happened. $70 in their pocket. Where's 1971? You could, 61. You probably go a lot further on 70 bucks. Yeah, it'll be here. You get what? The end of the block. Yeah, you get the gas station. Somebody would knock you. It wouldn't, wouldn't even fill up the suburban tank. Doesn't matter. Neither here nor there. You're, you're distracting true. me. Distracting me. Trying to get to the story. I don't want to. I don't want to offend our East Coast listeners by having a part two. Those East Coast listeners are tough on us. That's true. So. All right. All right. Here we go. Late September, nineteen sixty-one, <laughs> for the third time. Okay, back to it. They're going on vacation to Niagara Falls. Now, they are from New Hampshire. Okay. So, not a huge long drive to Niagara because they're kind of in the area, but, you know, a, a solid, I want to say six to eight hours. I don't know. I didn't look that up either. Because, you know, when I do this, I don't actually do research. You play fast and loose with the research. <laughs> so, you know, I usually watch a YouTube video and say, yep, I got it all right here. It's and more I'm... about charisma with Ron. <laughs> That's right. So, anyway, Barney, he was employed with the USPS. Betty was a social worker and one of the leaders of the community, um, and they were both well-respected people. Okay. So, um, they had gone to Eureka, Eureka, they had gone to Niagara Falls. Okay. And they were on their way home. And Barney was wanting to push through the night, just kind of keep driving, thought he could do it. And they were in the White Mountains, a place I've always wanted to visit, by the way. Um, okay. Those are the big mountains in New Hampshire. All right, bucket the, list. The 4,000-footers, you know, the, the above the tree line. Um, so, just because I've heard this story before, and one of the things I'd heard is part of the reason. So, Barney was African American, Betty was white, right? Mm -hmm. And part of what I've heard is that mm -hmm. Barney wanted to push through because you know you you couldn't reliably find a place to let an interracial couple stay overnight, right? Yeah, like okay, like there was a lot of things. You just wanted to get home, okay. you know. Plus, you know, driving through the mountains, you know, him and his white wife in the '60s. Might not have been the best. Sure. You know, now I've never been in New Hampshire, so I'm going to go full on here about what I know about hill people. <laughs> you know, there, there's... um. But New Hampshire's more north, isn't it? They are northern. They are indeed. Okay. But there's always... There's always know, some around. There's always some around. Like, I mean, Grant, I was in Virginia, and there was some sketchy people in those mountains in Virginia. Yeah. I was actually told by somebody, don't ever trust anybody in the mountains. In that area, I was on like a three-day backpacking trip, uh -huh. and this lady, funny tangent story here, um, she's like, "You should eat this tree. It tastes like spearmint." So I humored her and I ate the tree, the the the, I don't know, the pine needles, or like, whatever it was. Okay. And I can't remember what it was called. And I'm sure our East Coast listener, who happened to be there at the time, 
Um, I don't think she partook of the tree. Partook? Partook. Partook? I think partook is the word you're looking Whatever. for. Anyway, I don't think she partook of the eating of the roots of the tree or the tree or the Gosh. leaves or whatever we ate. Um, but then... Uh, but then your face swelled up and you stopped breathing. <laughs> right. Right. And then another lady's like, you don't ever trust anybody up here. And I was like, oh, good to know. I was being polite. You know, Southern hospitality, they tell you eat a tree, you eat a tree, whatever. Anyway. So for you're from L.A. I am. I am indeed. So your L.A. side, like what, like smashed up with the Missouri side and came out. And this is what come out, huh? This, yeah, this is it. This is interesting. This guy's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, okay. I took the worst of everything. <laughs> <laughs> right? Not okay. even remotely cool. So, um, as they're pushing on through, they were uh, driving through the White Mountains, and um, they started to see this light kind of shoot across the sky, and okay. naturally they thought it was a plane, because what else would it be, right? Sure. And they they were approaching this place to see if I could find it. It was called Frank, I'm going to say this all wrong, so... Pardon me, Northeast listeners. I don't know if we have any Northeast listeners. But anyway, if we do, Franconia. Franconia? Notch. And that is one of the major intersections through the mountains right now. One of the big passes that apparently everybody's well aware of. Okay. So um, as they're going through, this light is kind of zigzagging. And they thought maybe it was a false star. They thought maybe it was a plane. But this thing was super erratic. And um, Betty had Barney like, hey, you know, next next stop, go ahead and pull on over. Let's get a look at this thing. What is this thing that's just kind of jetting around? Um, it was going, you know, behind, um, you were going past in front of the moon, behind trees, around the mountain ridges, because, you know, they're also turning. So they're, and then all of a sudden, they finally get to this spot. So Barney parks the car, leaves it running. He tells Betty just to kind of hang out. Um, he grabs, he had a gun underneath his seat. A handgun, as, as they say, which naturally, why wouldn't you? Sure. And he gets out of the car. So as he's walking up toward the car, um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, walking away from the car, this, what they described as like a cigar-shaped um, um, spaceship. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's you. Is, uh, <laughs> is L.A. speak for spaceship. I, you know? Yeah. We're all very eccentric from the West Coast. Mm. So um, this spaceship comes down. They said it's about as big as a jet, you know, and it was about 40 feet long, they said. And it was reporting just to be rotating, um, had two red lights on the sides. And um, what's his name? Barney thought, man, this, this can't be real. He had his binoculars. He had, he had gun in one hand, binoculars in the other. And he was looking through his binoculars, holding his gun. And what he saw was behind big rows of windows, because there's windows. You know, I like it. It's like the Space Needle. There's windows all the way okay. around it. Yeah. So, you know, there's windows all the way around it. And he thought he saw what appeared to be five to seven uniformed beings staring back at him. Okay. So he got kind of scared. He tried to raise his gun, but he was unable to recess. You know, like so he's like paralyzed. Yes and no. Okay. So he still had the binoculars. He wanted to raise the gun, but he just he kept hearing this voice that actually said, um, "Don't put down the binoculars." You know. Oh. So he freaked out because it's just voices in his head. Yeah, that freaked me he, out he too. He turns and runs back to the car, and he yells to his his wife Betty, um, something along the lines of, "They're going to," uh, what was the word? They didn't say abduct. Let me look at it here. 
They're going to capture us. Capture us. They're going to capture us. Okay. So we ran back to the car. And he just saw them as beings, right? Just uniform beings, is all he said. Didn't get Not even human. Didn't get, yeah, didn't get really um, specific with it, just Mm -hmm. beings. They got in the car, and at that point, they heard a lot of rhythmic beepings that started coming from the trunk. That's, oh, from the trunk. From the trunk of the car. That's a horror movie. Yeah. And about that time, they got drowsy and then said they lost consciousness. Okay. After they heard After noises they heard the noises from, from the, the trunk, trunk the, the, the rhythmic beepings from the truck, they got sleepy and they passed out. Okay. Before they realized it, before they knew it, they were on their way home. They, they were almost home. Um, they got back to Portsmouth. Portsmouth? I don't know. Portsmouth. How do you spell it? P-O-R-T-S-M-O-U-T-H. Portsmouth? Portsmouth? I don't know. I don't either. I'm not from the East Coast. Did you know, Speedwitch, and our East Coast listener will be able to verify this, okay? Gosh. There's a town called Bluntville, okay? okay? And it's not pronounced Bluntville. It's Blountville. Blountville? Blountville. I think okay. I'm saying that right. Yeah, I might need some feedback, East Coast listener. Um, I like that you just pointed at the microphone. I'm like, let, let, no, like I'm, she's I'm sitting serious. right there. I'm serious. Blountville. All right. Okay. Vol, vol. Well, I mean, we have what Bodark around here, we, which is but it's, it's France. It makes sense. I don't know that they say Bodark in <laughs> France, though. You know, you just not as cultured as we are. I don't know because it's what B O I S. And then capital D, D apostrophe A R. No. A R C A R C. I think. A R C. Because I always call it Bo- Boys de Arc is what I call it. Which is no one has any idea what I'm not talking about. What it is either. No. But anyway, it doesn't matter. I can't read. It's fine. Why are you judging me? So anyway, Blountville. Gosh. Okay. It is if they get offended, we say Bluntville. I'm like, oh, They're yeah. probably, you're probably not saying it right either. They'll probably get offended with how you're saying it right now, too. V-I-L-L-E, Ville. All right, not Vool, but it doesn't matter. Neither here nor there. So Portsmouth. Portsmouth? Portsmouth? Anyway. I doubt it's Portsmouth. Like. <laughs> it's by the ocean. I don't know. It is a coastal city, though. Could be Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Anyway. Neither here nor there. Alright. We literally have more dead space in this one so far than anything. Because I didn't do any research, so I'm trying to stall for time. Make it interesting. So anyway, they got to Portsmouth about dawn. They noticed that their watches had quit working. Okay. Uh, Betty's dress, the zipper was broken. It had been ripped. And there was about approximately two hours of the drive. They just don't even remember. Okay. They got home, and they're like, what the heck? They're obviously disheveled. They're there. They kind of let it go. Now, granted, again, these are educated people, so they're not the ones to be like, hey, this happened, whatever, blah, blah. But what ended up happening, as you would expect, is um, they start suffering what from today we'd call like PTSD. Okay. So uh, Betty started having just terrible nightmares. Um, Barney suffered from anxiety and developed acid reflux, which goes hand-in-hand with anxiety, let's mm-hmm. be honest. Um, I can attest. You can attest. <laughs> and so what ended up happening is um, Betty kind of got on this kick. She started going to local libraries and started checking out books about UFOs. You okay. know? And she stumbled across a, a group called the Civilian UFO Group. And she's reading about on them. And, of course, they have their own little things of what you should say or what you should do or watch out for. So she got concerned enough. She actually went to the Air Force and reported the 
the situation, the, I don't want to call it an exposure, but the experience, maybe, okay. that she had. Oh, dogs are barking. Um, she reported the, the experience to the Air Force because she was concerned about radiation. You know, okay. she's like, you know, we don't know what's going on. I'm sure there was something in one of the books she read that, well, that was the heater turning on. Anyway. This was unlocked, by the way. Was it? Oh, because the girls, the kids went yeah. out. But anyway, um, so she went ahead, she, she went ahead and, you know, contacted the Air Force and said, hey, this is what happened, this is going on, I'm concerned, concerned about radiation exposure. Meanwhile, Barney, after developing his gastric ulcers and his anxiety, he kept having this overwhelming feeling that he's got to check out the lower half of his body. Something was different. They both had a feeling that something was amiss, but no one could really put their hands on it to what was actually going on. Okay. So they just kind of let it ride for, for several years. They didn't tell nobody again. You know, no, they're, they're not looking for, you know, attention. Yeah. So backwards of what I would have done. But yeah, they just kind of let it ride. And then finally, after seven years, they began seeing a psychiatrist and a neurologist. And that neurologist specialized in hypothesis, <laughs> hypnosis okay. at the time. So they started going to weeks of ther- weekly therapy appointments. And over these weeks and weeks and weeks of these appointments with hypnotics, they, they kind of put these things together, what might have happened. So what they say is, and now granted, these, these, uh, these, these hypnotic episodes, they were, they were separate. They weren't in the room together. Barney had his, Betty had hers. So it was actually kind of like a control, if you will, you know, as to they're not feeding off each other. Okay. So what they had come to the thing was a vessel had actually landed on the car, and that's what put them to sleep. The vessel landed. They're sitting in there, right, in their car, and their hands on the steering wheel or whatever. And the vessel thing came down, and they got drowsy, went to sleep. Okay. At that point, Greg Beans had walked to the car, removed them from the car, and then walked them up the ramp back into the spaceship. Now, the spaceship was reported to be hovering, not flying, but hovering, approximately about 100 feet above the ground. So I don't know if it came down a little lower or what. They just said it walked them up the, the spaceship. At that point, both Betty and Barney were separated, and they were taking turns into the same exam room. Like, they would okay. usher one out, the other one would go in, so on, back and forth. Um, there was a small exam table. Um, it mentioned that Barney's, it was so small, that Barney's legs were actually hanging over the edge. They couldn't just sit on there. He, you know, he wasn't that big. I don't know if he was tall. But um, this was small enough that, you know, he, he didn't fit on the table, per se. Okay. They said that their clothes were removed, and then samples were taken, and this is what I finally need. They had clipped hair clippings, they had scraped fingernails, and taken skin scrapings. Okay. So they're like DNA type stuff. This is like what your forensic yeah. guys would be doing on like a murder scene. Yeah. Never been to a murder scene, but I assume this is what they'd be doing. Yeah, and in judging the 60s, by all the NCIS that I've watched. Right. And in the sixties, you know, this wouldn't make any sense, right? Because I'm not sure how... I don't think they were doing DNA testing. Not in the 60s. That didn't really hit, I don't think, until like the 80s. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I didn't do any research. <laughs> but anyway. We're professional. <laughs> we're super professional. This is why we are up to 20, 20 22. 22. 22 listeners. Nice. Must have been the nice doc who started following. Anyway. Um, so I've just sitting on the, the, table, the tables. This, the clothes removed. The samples were all taken. 
Um, and at one point, when Betty was in the room, apparently a four to six inch needle was actually placed into Betty's abdomen. Um, and they didn't say whether they aspirated anything or whether they injected anything. They said a four to six inch needle was placed in her abdomen that caused her severe pain. Okay. Um, however, it was it was later recorded that the um, being who in, put in the needle into her belly kind of waved his hand in front of her face and took the pain away. The pain stopped. Like it was an accident that it hurt. Yeah. Or he okay. was trying to, you know, hey, sorry, but ew, there you go, you know. Yeah. You know. Um, so all these tests were being performed by random beings, mm -hmm. but a leader was off to the side. He watched, he was watching kind of everything. Directing. Okay. Yes, he was just kind of sitting there. <clears throat> so side note, did, did Betty or Barney ever have kids? You know, I don't know. They didn't mention, nothing I've read mentioned any of their kids. I'm going to Google. You're going to Google? Look at you. This is me. like me being you now. I know. So one thing they did point out, though, that they were actually quite shocked because Barney's teeth came out. So Barney wore dentures. Okay. So I guess when they were doing their thing and the teeth fell out, they were all like kind aghast by it. <laughs> right. But um, <clears throat> so later, as, as like I said, they're filing in and they're out and all this. Um, Betty was along with the, quote, leader. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, she asked them, you know, where they came from. She goes, she admitted, she goes, I know very little about the universe. And they said the leader actually joked with her. And they're saying, well, if you don't know where you are, there wouldn't any point in telling you where I am. You know, and I guess they kind of laughed and all this. Um, and then after they're done with all of this, they, again, return them to their, their ship. However, not their ship, their car. However, supposedly... There was a map of the stars that the leader was kind of pointing out. Okay. And um, there is a constellation that's actually so far away, it's barely visible to an unaided eye. And he said he's from that star constellation is where they're from. They're in a planet that uh, orbits around this specific star. Um, so she thought that was pretty cool. All right. And then um, she asked if she could take a book. Hey, get, can I take one of these books? You know, I don't ever want to forget this. And the leader said, yeah, go ahead, take the book. So supposedly, as they were going back out of the spaceship, um, there was an argument that broke out among the beings. And the leader finally had said, you can't take the book. You know, you took it away. You're not allowed to remember any of this. You know, we got, we got, we got to take it away. And she goes, oh, I'll never forget this. And then before they realized it, they were on their road. They were home. And they're like, wow. Two hours passed, our watches quit working, and we're all disheveled with our clothes. Um, so under hypnotics, hypnosis, hypnosis, uh -huh. under hypnosis, um, Betty was telling everybody about the star, and she actually drew the star map from memory about what she had seen. Okay. Um, everybody was just like, whatever, blah, 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 great. Well, then, you know, uh, the... <clears throat> excuse me, what's it called? Technology gets better. Uh -huh. And they actually found the, the star constellation. Because they thought it was a fish constellation is what it was. Okay. Um, so they were like aware of it later on. Like, oh, this is the constellation. So they were able to kind of home in on it. And there was two stars side by side. And it was the um, Zeta Reticuli okay. system. So there was like reticuli one, reticuli two, or one and five, or I, again, I didn't do the okay, actual research. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But um, 
And they're like, well, she's crazy. There's no way, blah, 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 blah. But then as years gone by, technology got better. They actually found the constellation. And um, they started drawing star maps. You know, they started mapping out those constellations. Because like I say, this is barely visible to the naked eye. So if you don't know what you're looking for, you're not going to see it regardless. Okay. So what ends up happening is they've got a picture of Betty's drawing and a picture of the actual constellation written or drawn by an astronomer. 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 Yes. I did pass the third grade. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Um, and it was super close. Okay. Super duper. Like, like, you could tell. It was it was off. But you could tell, like, this was... But she also drew it from memory. She drew it from memory. And okay. it was super close the way that it was all done. So, again, later, using computer mapping, they redrew it again from Betty's to the astronomer's to the actual telescopic... To what they were getting with the telescope. Yes. Okay. And again, slightly off, but dead on. The two stars, the reticuli, um, were right where they said they were. And actually, in 1994, you know, because everybody was like, what? You know, um, 1994, they said they found a planet that actually orbited that star system. Ooh. So everybody's like, holy crap, this has got to be the real deal here, right? Um, again, so by the way, like I remember I said years went by and they didn't tell anybody at all. Right. Um, they weren't really looking for any kind of publicity, if you will. Mm-hmm. However, the astronomer, astronomer mm-hmm. and some more scientific, they leaked the story. So then when they leaked it and then there was literally tons of books written, um, there was a magazine called, um, let me scroll down and see what this is. Uh, astronomy magazine. Oh, that wasn't hard. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> weird. I couldn't think of that. What? <laughs> Super sophisticated title. It's hard to remember. Uh, um, yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> right. So anyway, um, they they published a story. Okay. So this was a brand new magazine. They published a story. Again, movies were made about this episode. There's lots of movies. One that yeah. I want to say was it James Earl Jones. There was like some well-known actor. He played uh, Bert Barney. Marnie. Um, well, <clears throat> you gonna look it up now? I am gonna look it up. And so there's lots of movies, lots of books, lots of stories. Like this blew up. This went viral for 1976 or whatever. Um, however, you know the um. Oh, it was an episode of To Tell the Truth, which was aired December 12th of 1966. James Earl Jones played James Barney. Earl Jones. And Estelle Parsons played Betty. Who's, who, who did I say? You said James Earl Jones. Did I say James Earl Jones? I think so. Oh. So, yeah. I thought I said somebody else. Wow, they're man. Yeah, I mean, so they had some big names going. Um, but the interesting fact, okay, these guys, they lived in New Hampshire, right? Mm-hmm. They, they were traveling to Niagara Falls. This reticuli system, mm-hmm. now Grant, there's only two stars of this whole system. I mean, but I don't know the name of the system because I... I can't remember the fish name constellation. Pisces? No. It's no. ways. You wouldn't know. It's, it's, it's yeah. Pleiades. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Anyway, um, so anyway, this constellation that's barely visible to the unaided eye isn't even visible from a latitude higher than Mexico City. So these are people who have no idea this constellation exists because, like, we all go up to see the Big Dipper. That's Big Dipper. That's Orion. That's whoever. You know? Right. Um, yeah, they are well, well above the latitude of Mexico City, so they would have really yeah. known 
that this constellation existed. Sure. Nor to have it drawn so exact. Okay. That, you know, they could pinpoint this is what they're talking about. So, um, like I say, got lots of publicity. Um, no one ever knows whether it was real or it was faked. Um, they did mention they, they they wanted another guy to hypnotize him, you know, because it was going on and like what's going on, and he's like, you don't want an amateur like me to hypnotize you, you know, because he was kind of newish to the game. He's like, I would just discredit your story because I, I don't have the credibility that would say I was doing it right. If that makes sense. Okay. Um, everybody who read the story, who actually researched it, talked to him, interviewed him, went through all the notes. They said they don't think the hills are lying. Yeah. They said the story does not make sense at all. But they believe it. But they believe it. So either they, they said it could have been a thing with, like, the hypnosis, you know, that made them make believe up a story. But what throws that off is the fact that they were hypnotic, hypno, hypnotized separately. Now, my vocabulary is amazing. 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 Um... Separately, so like they couldn't have heard and fed off each other. Sure. So they both had basically the same stories, you know, and they said they really believe this. You know, this is, I'm not saying they're lying because they're, they're telling the same thing, but what would have caused that? Sure. So it's not, maybe not that they're lying, but that they don't know the truth themselves. Correct. Okay. This might have been something that just came from nowhere and it had to be the same story, but it, <laughs> And we are back. I had to hijack everything for a moment to run to the bathroom. So when last we left off, <laughs> uh, Ron was mentioning that they were in different rooms being hypnotized and that um, the stories were still the same. Yeah, so like they really couldn't pin, like I said, they, they really, you know, didn't think they were lying. They both honestly believed it. All the researchers said they honestly believed it. But they obviously can't just say, yeah, you are abducted by UFOs. Um, so that's kind of the story, and it's went on for years. So, um, sadly, Mr. Barney died at the age of 46. Oh, wow. So okay. certainly young, so not too much longer. I think this happened in their 20s. Um, okay. So not too much later. I mean, definitely not old. That This is like me dying next year. Yeah. Definitely possible, by the way. <laughs> um, and then Miss Betty, she lived to be like 86. Like 86 yeah, 87. I think I read that she died in like 2004 um when I just Googled. So. Yeah, so like she lived a, a nice long life and they never recanted their story yeah. ever. Like to this day, huh, to that day, um, she said this is what happened, the story never changed. So, you know, that leads to believe, were they honestly abducted mm -hmm. or was it something else? Was it something else? Yeah, it makes it interesting. Because yeah. some weird stuff happens in mountains, let's be honest. You know, um, you do get disoriented. I remember driving through the mountains once, um, and I was actually in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. I was driving the Appalachians in Kentucky, and you drive for so long these winding long roads that I actually saw a stop sign. Mm -hmm. Oh, actually, a stoplight. Take that back. And I had no idea what it was. I blew right to the stoplight because I just didn't realize. Like, oh, what is that red light? Weird. Yeah, it, it just didn't dawn. Didn't on you. dawn on you, and so you know, I mean, things can happen. You just get sure. disoriented. But it's just interesting. And they're you know? driving through the night. They're sleep deprived. They're pushing. Right. Right. And our skeptics. Skeptic right. scrutiny. So speaking of skeptic scrutiny, let's just Ooh. ease on into that. So Astronomy Magazine actually calls that, that story they printed, you know, because they, they printed it, you know, and it, they got major, major kickback. 
Mm-hmm. You know, these are all supposed to be scientific, you know, minds and bodies. Um, they, the magazine was only like a year and a half old sure. when they, you know, published this story. Okay. And they lost all their clout, all their credibility. Because of this Because story. of this UFO abduction story. And actually, the magazine didn't even recover until, like, the telescope started getting launched in, like, the late 80s. Okay. Late 80s, mid 80s, I don't know. But anyway, when they started getting these big telescopes and, they, and the Voyager, I think it was 84. Was it 84? Voyager to go on its flybys. Um, you probably don't remember that. I was not yet born, so. I remember that. Like, that was a big thing. We were all waiting for X, you know, year number whatever. You know, we're going to fly by Mars and we'll get the best pictures that we ever saw. And then we just got to wait like 20 more years and it'll get to like Venus, not Venus, that's the wrong way. You know, Saturn or whatever. But, you know, as it goes through there. Sure. Um, so that was a big deal. So it wasn't until later. Let me see if I got that written down um, when that started flying. Uh, I didn't write when the Voyager was, was doing. Oh, until 1980. Okay. So the, the magazine didn't even recover from the fallout until 1980. So this was published in 1974. So it like took a full six years for them to get any kind of clout back. And the only reason why they did is the Voyager was sending the images and they were publishing those images. And after six years, you're going to forget about the, the hokey pokey story. However, it's kind of funny. So the magazine calls it the Zeta Reticuli Incident. That's all they call it. And this 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 um, author from this magazine told his uh, publisher or his editor or whoever, he's like, hey, I'm going to reprint this story. And he said the guy literally put his, you know, his face in his hands. He's like, no, no, you can't do it. Stay away from it. He's like, no, I'm going to do it. It's going to be for Halloween. I'm doing it. You know, so it, it's it's a even to them it's a big deal because it rocked them at a, such a level. Like they're surprised they made it through after they lost all their funding and they lost their right. subscribers. Um, but anyway, um, let's see. And as after that, they began became the world's most readily read authority on astronomy. You know, okay. Once Voyager started going by, so um, they also say that the map. The star map that Miss Betty drew, um, again, was barely visible to unaided eye and also couldn't be seen from a latitude higher than, than Mexico City. Okay. Um, in 1996, a report came out that they found a planet that orbited that star cluster. Okay. However, later, it was actually recanted and discounted. Um, they said it appeared to be just an asteroid belt. Okay. So there wasn't no planet there. And out of all, so this, I've got a link here that is from astronomy, um, astronomy.com, um, Zeta, they call it the bonus. And it literally is pages and pages of, of dissecting this story. This story. Okay. Why the planets are inhospitable and why there's no, and all the things that would take to have a life on a planet, it doesn't meet any of those criteria. And of the whole sky they have mapped out, which they do have this mapped out, so it's in there. There's only like 46 planets that are actually hospitable for life. Okay. Now, granted, they also said there's no water on Mars, and lo and behold, they found ice. Well, and you know, I guess the thing that I that throws me is, you know, you say it's hospitable to life, but it seems like that would be hospitable to life as we know it. True. To you know, or how we define life, but I don't know. It's interesting. You know, I I also want to throw my own two cents in here. Let's hear it. So she, they said she was going to the library and reading a lot about things. Um, 
theoretically, she could have found a book on astronomy and been looking at lots of pictures of constellations, and that somehow imprinted on her memory. Even if she wasn't lying, you know, she... She had seen it. She had seen it. And she drew it by memory. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I, I want to say that the... Um, there's only something like 10 to 12 stars. But in the... Con- so the, the neat thing about that is... Um, there, there's multiple stars outside the big constellation that they connect with the lanes and stuff, right? Sure. Um, all the stars, there's a cluster of three in a triangle. There's one over here. There's one... Like, they're all pretty good. So it could have been easy to remember, but it's still a lot of detail to how they were aligned. I'm going to see what constellation this was. Constellation Betty Hill Drew. Oh, Zeta Reticuli is the star system. So here is the actual maps, if you want to see this. Okay. That's what Betty and Miss Betty Hill drew. Okay. This is the astronomer, Mr. Fish, his interpretation. So again, okay. pretty close. And then that's the computer-generated map from the stars. Okay. So, I mean, they're pretty close. Similar. Except these are kind of, you know, and this one's off more this direction. These mm-hmm. would be the reticuli mm-hmm. maps, our stars. So, I mean, they're pretty close. I mean, like I say, there's... Yeah. The, you know. Those are... But anyway. Those are things. This is great for the audio people listening. Yeah. You can, you can probably see it. We'll, I'll, we'll post the link. We won't. There's no link. I'll put it on the Facebook page. There you go. Well, I won't. You probably will. Yeah. I don't check the emails either. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I haven't checked the email in a while, actually, so. Oh, I'm sure it's overloaded. I We're probably, probably better start doing some listener stories. and. That's right. So There's probably a lot of stuff on there we, we, we've missed. Yeah. But anyway. No, so, I mean, it's a neat story. Yeah. You know, I mean. And this was kind of the story that kicked off the whole, you know, what we expect from an alien abduction, right? <coughs> You know, honestly, um, I didn't include it in my reports, but um, they did say that uh, Mr. Barney was anally probed. So, I mean, that might be, they said they, they, a steel rod two to three inches long inserted into his rectum is what he reported. Yeah. So, I mean, we all know the big joke about the aliens and the anal probes. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I remember reading that he was like, really traumatized by it like didn't want to talk about it like really so they say a lot of his issues they had like miss betty seems pretty relaxed like just chill go with it yeah um he said he was terrified and for most of the whole screening encounter yeah his eyes were closed yeah he didn't open his eyes he was you know i wonder if some of that though is being a black man versus a white woman like in a situation where an authority figure is or somebody who is taking authority over you like i would imagine that a black man in the 60s had a lot more fear of people telling him what to do and doing experimentation on them just based off of you know history right i feel like a white woman you know is probably like oh you know i don't the doctor. know i mean i'm not saying that Women have had it easy, but I would imagine... No, I think that's what you just said. Yeah. You know, so let's get all of our female listeners in here to send some emails. To throw, yeah. <laughs> no, but um, 
But you know what I mean? Like, I think about, like, the, um, oh, gosh, what were the, was it the Tuskegee experiments where they were, like, the Tuskegee Airmen, I know that. I don't know about the experiments. No, there was something, like, where they were infecting African-American men with syphilis. Oh, yeah. And then, like, Just not to see, not treat them. them, to see what happens. And so I would imagine, like, historically speaking, like, you know, or I think about, like, Henrietta Lacks, who was an African-American woman that they took, you know, her cells without her consent, that, granted, did, you know, great things in the, stri- in the field of science, but you still removed a part of this woman without her consent so i mean i would imagine you know that's like a knowledge you take with you i say as a right a white person that probably shouldn't i mean i'm again i'm not a person of color almost there's a lot of hispanic in me however um i don't think it matters who you are i think if a spacecraft lands on your car i mean and puts you in there um I think I find it more presumptuous that Betty was just trying to talk and, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, I'd be like, what's going on? Yeah, I'd be terrified. I don't think it matters. I think the situation. I would be the nervous talker. Would you? Probably. Hmm. But anyway. Yeah. So, do with that information what you will. Right. But anyway, so that's the story of Betty and Barney Hill, the very first documented, the most well-documented UFO abduction um, that they couldn't prove didn't happen because the stories were so on the spot. And uh, there's actually, though, a roadside marker on the hill where they were abducted. abducted, um, Not abducted. That's different. Abducted. Gosh, I need a speech class. You need something. (laughs) Anyway, it's just kind of neat. So it's just a little sign on the side of the highway, Route 3, New Hampshire, saying this is the spot where Benny and Barney Hill were abducted. Kind of interesting. Hmm, interesting. I'd take a road trip there and take a picture of the sign. Yeah. And get abducted. Probably not. Get probed. That's right. Sounds great. (laughs) Anyway. You can do that one by yourself. But. Cool. All right. So that's our story. That's the story. Great. Well, thank you for... Thank you for doing some research and, and covering an episode, Ron. Lots of lots of research I did. Nice. All, right. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we're going to go ahead and start wrapping up here. But um, mm-hmm. if you guys have any suggestions for stories, um, you can look at our Facebook page. It's a Grim Feature. Um, we also have the GrimFeature.com and then the GrimFeature at gmail.com if you want to email us. Um, look forward to hear from hearing from you and uh tune in next time i think i'm going to be telling the story about i guess another ghost case i did the hammersmith ghost and now i'm going to be doing the arkansas ghost trial so that'll be my our next one so all right bye 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 thanks for listening